Hey, it's Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, my NBA podcast where I talk to my friends about all things hoops. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at OnTheLine underscore pod. Uh, email me any of your questions, your sympathies, your condolences at onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Hop into a deep dive, check out a draft. It's all up there. Last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts, Chris Stapps Porzingis would greatly appreciate it. All right, nothing to really say here. The Knicks have traded Chris Stapps Porzingis, the, uh, the son of God, to the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, I've been in a depressive funk for the last day. So uh, I'm going to call Ben Craw, who is hopefully taking this a little bit better than I am. Ben's a longtime, long-suffering Knicks fan. And uh, let's talk to Ben, see if he has a slightly sunnier approach. Without further ado, here he is, Ben Craw. All right, so uh, Ben Craw's on the line. Um, BC, yesterday the Knicks traded Kristaps Porzingis to the Dallas Mavericks for a trade that was Kristaps Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr. for Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, and two first-round picks, a 2021 and a 2023. Correct. Um, that's all the information I have in front of me. I want to let you know, like, literally, I've done absolutely no preparation for this draft. So mm-hmm. if it's a flaming pile of you trash... Mean, you mean for this podcast? or For this podcast, this, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're yeah. going to do a, a quick little... Uh, yeah. I wouldn't call it an emergency pod, but a no. a, ch- a check-in, a check-in pod. Yeah, so I'm going to release this later today. Okay. I'm going to release this later today. Um so how you doing? I mean, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, yeah. Chris, before we get into the details, the basketball yeah. particulars mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. let me ask you a simple question. Mm-hmm. How are you doing emotionally? Not well. Emotionally. Not well. Desc- yeah, des- not well. Describe to me your emotional state. I would say, I, so there's kind of like two ang- like two things, like physically i just feel broken like i feel Mm. which i i also feel emotionally broken but i want to speak to the physical part of it first like literally i i really didn't sleep very much last night Mm. um i had a bunch of stuff that i was supposed to do yesterday and basically as soon as the news broke that kp was traded like i was in the middle of doing some stuff yesterday work and Mm -hmm. uh I saw the tweets. We were texting back and forth. First, there was like a first. There was just a meeting. First, there was a meeting at Madison Square Garden at the Garden between KP, his agent, who's his brother, Giannis. I think his name is or yeah, Giannis, however you pronounce it, and um, Mills and Perry and uh, and and uh, I don't know if Fisdale was there, but it was certainly Mills and Perry. And uh, basically, like the scuttlebutt coming out of that meeting was that like, okay, well basically KP's unhappy, right? You know, like that was like the long and short of it. it was like KP is concerned about all the losing and he's unhappy and concerned, sort of like concerned about the direction of the team, concerned about the direction of the team. Yeah. And it was all very all vague tweets, tweets through Woj. And he sort of 
maybe insinuated that like a trade might be kind of welcome or but there were it wasn't any sort of like and he's demanded a trade yeah. it was nothing like the yeah. anthony davis there situation. was no outright demand yeah no it just sort of was like oh this is ominous you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> yeah this, uh, yeah this, this sucks and then within you know like i feel like half an hour or 20 minutes after that yeah he tweeted like, okay, well, FYI, if there was a trade, here are a list of teams that would be interested, like the, the Spurs and the Miami Heat, and uh, I forget who else was, the Clippers, the Nets, a couple other teams were mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then like 10 minutes after that, it was like, okay, so there's a trade that's been agreed upon between the Dallas Mavericks and the <laughs> Knicks, and this is happening. And it was like, yeah. wait, 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 I've, I was in the middle of doing things. Like I was in the middle of doing things yesterday, and then this was like... This I just got railroaded, like just completely blindsided by this whole thing. It threw off my entire day, and I just literally was not able to function yesterday. I just became like glued to internet coverage of all this shit with Porzingis getting traded. And uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't sleep. I met a friend last night at a bar. We just like mm. drank our misery away. Was this and- a, a fellow Knicks fan? Fellow Knicks fan, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, dude, I just, I, uh, I'm having a hard, I'm, I'm just having a hard time with this one here. I, I, I also want to say, like, I know there are reasons for optimism, I get it, mm-hmm. and there, I have like a whole series of articles queued up on my computer about like pros and cons of the trade, and this is going to be a win for the Knicks eventually. I am sure eventually I'll read those things and I might even agree with those articles eventually. But right now I am in like the throes of grief. So I just, I want you to know that's where I'm at. Like I'm, I haven't slept. Uh, my eyes, like I, I thought I was having a migraine at a certain point yesterday just because I had been staring at screens for so long. Um, I just, I feel awful physically, emotionally. It's just a dark day, man. It's a very fucking dark day to be a Knicks fan. Jeez. And I want to put that out there. And I know you're maybe coming at this with uh, some hope and some light, and I and I welcome that perspective, but I got to be real with you, man. Yeah. I, am, I am not doing so great today. Okay, well, let me f- say, first of all, um, I'm sorry. Um as a friend, I yes. that pain that literally pains me to hear that uh, my my friend is going through that experience, and yeah. um, I'm sorry for you. Um, I I'm here for you. I support Thank you. you. Um, I think this is a good thing to talk about together. Um, Thank you. And I hope yeah. that that and and the purpose of this podcast again is not to uh make you feel better um this is not thank you this is not necessarily a therapy session but i i hope that if maybe that's like a byproduct of of what we're doing here today um that that would make me happy so um i'm sorry i'm here for you i feel for you um and yeah um can i ask you are you feeling Mm -hmm. any different today than you were yesterday yeah Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like 24 hours has passed, you know what I mean? And like when you're going through a breakup, which is what this is, um, you know, that first 24 hours is really crucial and um, it's dark. I mean, like 
Yes. I mean, have I, have I spent most of the last 24 hours like crying? Like, yes, of course. Like, have I, have I slept? Absolutely not. Have I eaten anything? No. Like I've just, it's been like a steady diet of like red wine and coffee and just like taking long walks with my dog. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like taking long and it's fucking freezing out. Yeah. I was going to say city. It's a great day. It's goddamn freezing out. Great day for a long walk with your dog. It's two degrees in New York. Yeah. It's, it's like Arctic over here. And, uh, so I'm right um, now I'm I'm uh, I'm talking to you from my basement in Philadelphia where I'm wearing a winter hat and mm-hmm. a sweater with a hoodie on top of it and a vest on yeah. top of that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I uh, mean it's just yeah. one of those days. It's just one of those days where it's like I mean, I I know I took a shower at some point. I mm-hmm. just don't really remember when. Like, sure. it, it may have been, like, 11 o'clock. It may have been 10.30. It may have been noon. Like, I don't know. Like, do I know what I ate? I, like, I don't, I don't know that I've had lunch today. In fact, I'm pretty sure that I haven't. Yeah. Um, it's 3 o'clock. I, I'm just, I'm weary, man. Like, I'm broken. Like well, I said, I am going through a breakup. Like yeah. this is this is one of and you know I'm in the throes of the grief here and um I just feel like man like it's just it, again this is just it, it it always it always ends like this man. It always ends like this with the Knicks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like we always they always hurt us. They always hurt us. Yeah. Well, I think you should, um, as soon as we're done here, I think you should go get a bite to eat. I think that's Thank important. Um, yeah. Maybe like like a big hoagie or something like that. Um, you know, something yeah. something nourishing and filling. Yeah. Put some calories in your body. Maybe watch a movie, something, you know, not sports related. Um, just turn off the phone for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Just try to, you know, tr- try to like kind of dive into maybe, something else. Um, maybe I'll pull a JJ. Maybe I'll pull a JJ and just stay off social media. Yeah, maybe go off social media just for like a night, you know. Who, yeah, I mean, who maybe knows? I'll, maybe maybe I'll delete the social media for yeah, a little bit. Take, maybe take yeah. down your Instagram accounts. Um, yeah. Or just make them private or something. Like, that's what JJ, I feel like that's what JJ would do. He would right. make them private. Right, right. right. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe like kind of dive into a like a new hobby, you know. Kind of yeah. maybe develop like some new passions and obsessions in life. Sure. <laughs> Watches or investment banking. Or yeah, whatever. Wine or, yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah, building a coffee empire or something like that. Sure. Um, so yeah. Um, How are you feeling? How I because I know that you're you're feeling quite differently today about I, this whole thing. I am. I've had a serious, um, you know, roller coaster of emotions is a cliche, but mm-hmm. I really feel like I've actually gen- like genuinely, sincerely experienced that when the news first broke. Um, yeah. I was floored. I was confused. I was angry. I was sad. I was all those things. Um, uh, I was basically just like, this doesn't make any sense. Why would the Knicks... Like, it just didn't make sense. And I was like, this is classic. This is perfect Knicks. Um, Of course, they did this. Like, nothing Mm -hmm. has changed in the past 20 years. Why would it change now? Um, I believe I, like, texted another friend of mine that, like, my emotion... That, like, he was like, what do you think? And I was like... Uh, I, I, my thoughts are, can be described as a, um, solid, tightly packed, perfectly, uh, rectangular brick of human shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of like what I, yeah. what I viewed as, as the situation. And then honestly, like it started changing gradually 
and then and then really really quickly um yeah what was the thing that changed like how how did you how did you cross from the darkness to the light well for one thing and and this is absolutely critical um I don't have the same relationship to Chris Stapp's yeah. Porzingis that you do. Um, Definitely. I, you know, as everyone who has uh, listened to this podcast uh, regularly knows, I'm a, you know, a diehard lifelong Knicks fan. But yeah. I definitely kind of drifted away from the team um, yeah. over the past 20 years. Um, to the point where, like, you know, I was tuning in and checking in and, you know, sort of seeing what was happening. And obviously I was like aware of Chris Stapps and I would watch a game here and there. But no, I but think you almost like divorced yourself yeah, from like the pain. Like, my, you, my, were, you were like rooting for the Knicks, like wishing them well, but yeah. like they couldn't hurt you. Like by the time, by the time Porzingis was drafted, I was so far removed um, from an emotional investment in this team that like, yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, cool. They got a high draft pick. Yeah. Oh, it looks like he's pretty good. Like, oh, that's fun. Oh, he's kind of yeah. injured here and there. Well, all right, whatever. And I just never really, like, latched on to the guy. I was, like, I reckon, you know, I saw, like, I would read articles about how he's, like, you know, their best homegrown franchise player since Patrick Ewing was drafted in 1985 and yada, yada. And I was, like, okay, maybe I see it. I don't really think he's that good, but maybe, you know, he'll turn into something really good. But yeah. I was just, like, I don't know. There's something about him I just didn't quite... He, he didn't he didn't grab me he didn't I, I never cared about him in the same way that i cared about any of those you know 90s players mm-hmm. um and i was just kind of like well it doesn't matter like okay so they have a good player like maybe he'll be an all-star it doesn't matter they're not gonna ever like maybe they'll get to the playoffs one year with him is that your doorbell no that's <laughs> i live across the street from a church and oh that's cool a church cool bell. all right work. it's amazing though that you can hear that through your <laughs> head yeah yeah because your mic is picking up that sound right nice uh well i don't know if my mic is but my headphones oh. are yeah okay um anyway um so i wasn't um i was confused by the trade and i was like kind of like this doesn't make sense from a basketball perspective until i started like you know learning more about it and more details of the trade mm-hmm. came out um but my initial like I didn't have like that that like gut like emotional like oh no like this is like the player that I have been invested yeah, yeah. in emotionally for four years that right. you had or that many fans had and so I think that I automatically like kind of processed all of this information in a different way and therefore I can't um, speak to that feeling I don't I like I would never tell you Chris or anyone else like yeah, oh you yeah, shouldn't yeah. feel this way like it's not so bad. Right. You're gonna feel how you feel, obviously, and um, all I all I can do is you know be here to support you emotionally as a friend. Thank um, you. But um, but I mean, so by the time I listened to the Dunked On podcast last night mm-hmm. um, and their analysis of the trade, oh, well, so then a few a few things happened. Um, like I went from like not really caring as much about Chris Dapps to suddenly realizing like. I don't like this guy at you all. You dislike him. Yeah, <laughs> you, you straight up dislike him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was uh, certainly exacerbated by, like, his uh, posting of the GIF, which I'm sure you saw, of, like, him mm-hmm. and Luca. Um, like, hugging and, like... Yeah, like, after the like game. Smirky, like, a smirky The, the little emoji. eyeball smirky emoji. And, by, yeah. and mind you, this was his first... Um, uh, comments his, on the whole his, thing. His, yeah. his, his very first initial social media... Um, uh, reaction following the trade news and then right. after that he posted some like totally like boilerplate 
perfunctory, like, oh, thank you for New York, f- for all the time, New York, I've loved being here, blah, 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 which was I like... I haven't even seen that. It was like that. the emptiest, like, most, like, meaningless gesture, gesture yeah. um, as like, a, oh, yeah, I guess after I post this, like, like fun, yeah. like, the little, like, sassy uh, fucking tweet about my best, my right. new BFF, Luca, I should probably say right. something about how I'm, like, thankful to the fans. Right, Complete right, right. empty fucking meaningless bullshit. Gesture. Um... So I was like, this dude sucks. He's a weirdo. Like, like I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to, like, be careful now, too, not to, like, get into, like, some weird, like, anti-European xenophobic mode. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, I, I just never, like, I don't know. Like, the guy was always just, like, kind of creepy looking. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know, like, his T-shirts under his jersey, like... I, like th- these are all obviously like totally stupid childish su- superficial things to like point mm-hmm. out um but i was just like i don't know like he's he's pretty good i guess like maybe he's a top 25 player like yep. he's not like he's not gonna lead us to a championship um yep. and like maybe he'd be the second or third guy on a team that eventually was really good um but I don't know, whatever. Like I, I just, yeah, I just didn't really care. And then, it, and then that quickly turned into like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Um, he doesn't want to be a New Yorker. Great, go away. Fuck off. Like, good mm-hmm. luck to you, dude. Um, we don't need you. And um, yeah, I mean, I like this is probably just like some subconscious stages of grief thing that I'm going through. But um, when I woke up this morning, I was like, I was like psyched. I was like, fuck yeah, we have. So should we now get into the actual like like particulars of the trade and try to yeah. get into that? Because so yeah. this and is... I have thoughts on all the stuff that you said, and I'll circle back to that. But yeah, okay, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So all right, listen. Option one, we keep KP. Um, we sign him to a five year extension worth one hundred and fifty something million dollars, and we're locked into him and hope that he remains healthy um and hope that he is an all-star caliber player that attracts um perhaps one other all-star caliber player in free agency and we get some high draft picks um in the next few drafts and we develop into like a pretty good team that's like kind of like the ceiling that i that i saw for this team um going down option number one option number two which could be nothing could be we completely strike out in free agency and we're left with nothing. Or it's like we get the two, you know, superstar players that we want and uh, we retain our young core of Knox and Nilakina and Mitchell Robinson, who, by the way, now is like our clear cut uh, cent- like, you know, center for the future to focus on. Um, who I think actually might be like better defensively than KP um, once he like you know develops into like a fully formed player, um, and also Dennis Smith Jr. who might be like kind of bad but also could be good. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so I'm just like we have a blank slate now. We have we cleared off. So I'm looking at this uh, tweet from Tommy Beer. Um, the teams with the most projected cap space room in free agency in the summer of 2019. I'll go in reverse order. Number six is the Lakers with 35 million. Number five is the Bulls with 37 million. Number four is the Hawks with 42 million. Number three is the Pacers with 43 million. Number two is the Sacramento Kings with 45 million. And number one is the New York Knicks with 71 million. 71. Um, So that means that we can get Durant and we can get Irving. And obviously, right, that's totally like, sure, if they actually want to come here and play for this shit organization, which has been managed like a fucking clown rodeo show 
uh, for the past 15 years. Um, but who knows? Like, if we didn't have, if we hadn't cleared that space, we would have had the room to sign one guy. But would one guy really want to come to play with a Kristaps Porzingis who hasn't played in over uh, an entire season and, like, might be good when he comes back if he stays healthy? Like, I just feel like it would have been... And also, by the way, in order to keep Kristaps, we would have had to give him a massive five-year contract, which, like, sure, if he's healthy and he's playing as well as he was when he before he went down, like, that could work out great. But that's a huge risk. He's seven foot three. Before his ACL injury, he'd missed something like 40% of his games with just like random, you know, dings here and there. Most of them, you know, lower leg injuries. Um, the uh, um, Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer uh, wrote a piece earlier that listed all of uh, Chris Stapps's injuries. Uh, aside from just the ACL, he had a sore left Achilles, he had a sore left knee, sprained left ankle, sore left groin, strained left quad, bruised left thigh, sore right hip, sprained right ankle. So, so these are like not, it's not just like one area of his body. It's like both legs up and down both legs. He's had like these issues. Um, and guess what? Like, I'm pretty sure they're not going to get better as he ages. Um, so I think it would, would have been a pretty huge risk um, and again, I'm I'm looking at this all from a very like analytical, like medically objective standpoint, um, totally divorced from any like you know emotional connection. Um, so I get that like people can be like, yeah, but he was our guy, and I get that. Like as a Knicks fan, the only like the the one player I've cared about in my life more than any other is Patrick Ewing, and that's because he was our guy, you mm-hmm. know. He was, mm-hmm. like, a Nick for life until they obviously, like, made the fucking worst franchise decision, I think, in the past 30 years, trading him to the Sonics, but whatever. Um, my point is just that I am kind of excited. I sort of see the future as totally limitless, and you know what? Frankly, like, I'd take that over, like, a future that we know that's, like, pretty good, maybe kind of exciting, but, you know, like, we... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like anything okay. is possible now. So I'll let okay. you talk now after that. I think that's very that's a very healthy uh, glass half full perspective. Yeah. Here is my, here's just like my quick hot take opinion about the whole situation. Okay. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. might be a fun player. Yeah. I mean, like we don't know, but like he's he's so fun and he's so good that the Dallas Mavericks put him on the trading block like three weeks ago. That's Just, how, that's how awesome for the record. He is. He's like the fourth best thing about this trade. In my cool. opinion, like, yeah, I, he's agree. like not there. I honestly agree. like if they hadn't, agree. if he wasn't even in the trade, I would probably be like almost Fine. as excited. Exactly. So to like the people that are like, but we got DSJ. I'm like, relax. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Dallas was like, couldn't like no. hand him. He's away. a terrible okay. defender. Fine. He's extremely inefficient Whatever. offensively. But like, that's what our team has been most of this year, which is like reclamation projects with guys like Moutier and Noah Vonley. And, you know, yeah. Fisdale's been good in that regard. So who knows? Maybe he, maybe Fisdale helps him turn into a better player. Yeah. Yes. We got f- two first round draft picks. So that's the other thing, yeah, that we need that we should talk about. Hopefully, hopefully, we have a chance to draft a player half as good as Kristaps Porzingis currently is. I understand he's injured, but 
you know, those are two first round draft picks that belong to a Dallas Mavericks team in 2021 and 2023 that mm -hmm. are, you know, that that's going to be a playoff team like those. Maybe, I, I, maybe not. We maybe, don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe not. I just I think it's a total crapshoot to be like, you know, to 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 be banking on on, on those picks. And furthermore, you know, um, the other thing was, you uh, yeah, the draft picks. And then, yeah, and then the big thing, the, the cap space, right? Because mm -hmm. coveted, coveted salary cap space. Yeah. Because the New York Knicks have such an amazing track record yeah. with signing veteran free agents to oh, max yeah. salary deals, right? Yep, yep. I mean, what, what, what an opportunity. The best. The Knicks now have a blank, uh, blank check that they can hand to two veteran free agency uh to two veteran free agents god you know i i'm i'm so excited with how that will go i mean like who you know like who do we imagine those players will be like let, let's say let's say it doesn't work out with Kyrie irving or let's say it doesn't work out with kevin durant like mm -hmm. does that mean we're signing eric bledsoe to a max contract or jimmy butler or um you know or maybe let's say it is durant or or it is irving like i'm gonna be honest with you and i know this is a wildly unpopular opinion I don't know that I want those players. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I want that destiny. And I think I, like I said at the top of the pod, like I, I'm, I'm not in a place to, I'm, I'm in an emotional grief place, not in like a rational uh, place. Sure. Sure. With regards to this trade. And right now this trade feels like we had a guy we had one guy of our own, one guy that we drafted that was special, that had like top 20, 25 potential, you know, player in the league kind of potential. And we traded him away for the hope of being able to hire and pay a couple of like mercenary free agents. Yeah, hired guns. And yeah. Hired guns. And yeah. that's like... You know, like I abhor that shit. Yeah. Like those, like that's the New York Yankees. Like that was the New York Yankees of like the 2000s and 1990s that I grew up hating, mm -hmm. which was like, let's just, let's just be the rich team. Let's just buy our way to a championship. Yeah. And it does feel like that's now part of the blueprint. And to be honest with you, like I'm kind of nervous that they're going to flip these draft picks and I'm, I'm nervous that they're going to flip Knox. Like, I don't know. Does Kyrie Irving have such a great track record, you know, playing with Boston in terms of like cultivating these great relationships with these young players that he, you know, he currently is playing with some of the best young talent in the league. And it seems like every other week he's like at, at war with the, with these guys, whether it's like, challenging the leadership of Jalen Brown or saying, you know, or Jason Tate or Jason Tatum saying like, you know, we, we, we need to, uh, we need to all get on the same page. And I, I just, I don't know, man, like, are we, are we really hitching our wagons to Kyrie, the hope of Kyrie Irving or the cope uh, the, the hope of Kevin Durant? Like, is that, is that smart? Is that, is that really what we want? Like, I just, I, I don't know. I think symbolically, like I said, I'm I'm not in a rational place. I'm just in a purely emotional place. And I think symbolically, actually, this trade is much more bothersome to me than it actually is in real basketball terms. Right. I think like the cold, hard analytics of this trade will feel a lot better in six months or even a week mm -hmm. than it does today. But today, it feels like the same old Knicks. Mm -hmm. Like today, it just feels like, yeah, the same old Knicks. We had like a... 
we had like a really cool thing that we drafted. We discovered this really cool thing with the fourth pick in the lottery from a few years ago. We stumbled into this like European seven foot three European guy. It, he, we did not know what we were getting. We booed him on draft night. He became the unicorn. The garden rocked when he played. And, you know, the first sign of trouble, we flipped him for the chance to get like a flashy, shiny, sexy free agent vet. And it just feels like I know that story. That's the story of the Knicks. That's always what the story of the Knicks is, right? Isn't that like, that's like pinning our hopes on Eddie Curry or pinning our hopes on like, I don't know, Jamal Crawford or, or whether it was, you know, all the guys, Amari Stoudemire, who we brought in, or Glenn, or, um, Glenn Rice or um, Steve Francis or Stefan Marbury, right, or Tracy McGrady, all these guys, right, they were going to save the, save the Knicks. They were going to be the savior. And it's like, can't we just stop shortcutting our way to being a good team again? Like, can we – and I, I, I understand that actually, hopefully, this trade – is our this this trade in theory could be like another version of the process right like we're just doubling down on draft picks and and cap space right so it it could ultimately prove to be really smart it just feels like why did we need to trade porzingis because he was upset well so (laughs) that's he, he was under contract like like he was under contract and okay he's upset so like like I I okay and and I'm not blaming I'm not like um I'm not absolving Porzingis of blame here like I think he totally overplayed his hand yeah I think he and his brother totally like overplayed their hand I think they they have a big ego they're yeah. like they're totally like out of whack they thought they were entitled to more than they actually were but um I still don't think that like that is necessarily grounds for trading a I don't know top 20 top 25 23 year old 7 foot 3 three point shooting defensive monster in the prime of his career on a cost con- controlled contract. Um I just I I I I'm not saying they panicked but it just seems like they're so hellbent. It it became very obvious to me in the wake of this trade as time went by. I was like, "Oh, they absolutely want to sign to free agents. Like yeah. they want to, they want to sign to veteran free agents. They're, they're, you know, and 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 it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous about the draft picks. It makes me nervous about Knox. It makes me nervous about all their young assets that they've spent the last few years acquiring and developing and growing. Like you mentioned, Mitchell Robinson. Why am I to believe that they aren't going to put Mitchell Robinson in a trade offer for Anthony Davis? Like I don't know. Maybe they're going to take. Their first round pick, these two picks that they just acquired from Dallas, Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr., who, you know, take all the young kids, Knox, throw them all in a, in a package for Anthony Davis. I don't know. Like, what's to say they don't do that? So I just, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted, man. I'm exhausted mentally, emotionally, physically. I'm just this team. This yeah. team is like I think it's it's this team, but in a in a way, like I think that it's this league, and I think yeah, that I am in a point where, like, you know, you you were mentioning how like oh you know the, the Knicks are just like short circuiting the process and blah blah blah, and they're just like doing this thing, right? But it's like maybe that's kind of just how things are now for every team. Yeah, and I, in a, I, in I a way, it's that's... like the Knicks have been doing this this crazy nonsense for a long time and and like doing it poorly. But in a way, it's like the league has actually caught up to 
that insane chaotic style of trying to build a team and now Mm -hmm. it's like sort of the only way that it might that like you can maybe succeed i mean the warriors did it in a very uh you know unique and intelligent way much like the sixers did but like like in this new era of like players just doing whatever the fuck they want and going wherever they want and teaming up with their buddies and it's kind of like well, maybe this is the only, like, maybe it's, like, totally foolish to be like, oh, no, we're going to draft really well and grow our, our homegrown talent, and, and then, like, they're all going to be loyal to us, and they're going to love the fan base and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, these dudes do whatever the fuck they want. So if it's going to be a total shit show, chaos reigning supreme all the time, like, let's lean into it. Let's do this. Like, let's get, let's let's, like, embrace that fucking darkness and just get, fucking wet and wild and and like and and say like fuck it like yeah i don't care like i don't care if you were drafted by us 10 years ago and we've like meticulously mm. groomed you or you're a hired gun that we're gonna give a 200 million dollar yeah. salary to like i don't know i don't like feels I, at this like point like i don't in... care about any of these players that much like it's, it, it it's... feels like we're in the era of like millennial nba we're never guess like... what chris we're never going back to the 80s and 90s where a player yeah gets drafted and stays with a team for his entire career like it's just not happening anymore like there's just no way players have too much power and you know what i think that's a good thing i think it's like it's crazier and it's and it's like more fun and chaotic and like yeah you have less emotional investment in these guys because like they're just in and out all the time and it's impossible to even keep track of who's on what team but that's kind of the sport and like you know what like I don't know. I don't. I have no. I I have like no love for Kyrie Irving. But if his coming to the New York Knicks makes Bill Simmons cry on Twitter, like that's my dude. I am gonna love yeah. Kyrie Irving. Uh, turning his back on the fucking city of Boston and their shitty fans. Uh, and coming to 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 my city, like that's awesome. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Like it might be a small bit of uh, joy. Yeah, small yeah. victory. But you know what? Like I will take that, and I will totally revel in it. And, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it's, I think it's just like I was saying, like, it's become, it's become like millennial NBA where we're literally just like, swiping like you're yeah. just swiping left on <laughs> yeah, totally. a coach yeah you're like swiping left on a coach or a team yeah this is fucking basketball tinder yeah yeah it's, it's literally basketball tinder and it's like yeah y- you know what i mean it's like imagine if like you and your wife like got into like a fight and 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 just like at the first like fight you're just like oh, i'll just find some other you know chick or something yeah. and you'd be like wait what like yeah. is there no is there no backbone? Is there no loyalty here? Like, can, can't we just work through things? And I guess I am an, an old fogey in that way. But I mean, I am too. Like, don't get me wrong. I would yeah. much prefer that world to be the one that we live in. But it's just not the it's one not. that exists. It's fucking not. So like, it's just, it's just crazy to me that like, I keep going back to the same thing. It was like, okay, so what? He was unhappy. Like I, like he's unhappy. Like I don't know. Don't you think Patrick Ewing was unhappy at some point with Dave Checkets? Like, oh yeah. They didn't just trade him. Yeah. They didn't. Or and you I'm think Patrick sure Ewing some was point- unhappy. Fucking twelve years yeah. and never having a fellow All Star on his team. Like I know. What about Allen Iverson? You know, like like yeah. who were his teammates? Like of course, all these guys had the uh, right to sort of gripe and and ask for a trade, but it didn't. It you just you didn't have to just. 
I don't know. Like, it seems like the pendulum has swung so far, you know, like, yeah, I think like the, throughout the eighties and nineties ownership, like the model of, of like the power structure in pro sports was really like, they were the owners and then all their, all the athletes were these like servile, you know, just like these like very docile kind of like, um, you know, like they, they just like would do whatever their owners said and they wouldn't like, they wouldn't like fight or push back or anything. And I think it's like the pendulum in terms of power has shifted so far in the opposite direction that, that now management and owners are just like placating to players and agents Mm -hmm. and like whatever the player wants, like, let's just keep the star happy. And I, I understand like, it's a, it's a talent-driven league. Like, yeah, you know, I know. Like, in, a, in a way, like, like that model makes a lot more the, sense. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Like, people are coming to Madison Square Garden because there are great players playing that night, not yeah. not because of James Dolan. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> it makes sense. It makes. I, I, I don't have any qualms with that. Yeah. It just seems like it's a little sad to me that there's no. Like the idea that you could like, then what's the point of draft picks? Like, shouldn't we just trade all of our draft picks then? Because if we're just like, if we draft Zion Williamson, let's say we get the number one pick and we draft Zion. Yeah. Well, aren't we just going to spend three years like in paranoia wondering if he's happy? Yeah. Like, because as soon as he's unhappy, he can just demand a trade, you know? So what's the point of What's the value in in a draft pick then? Right. Shouldn't we just focus on like self-realized guys who will be at least they'll just be happy where they are for like a solid two years yeah i just i I don't know i don't know how you i don't know how you build a championship team anymore like i don't know how you keep these i don't know how you keep a team happy and cohesive like it just seems um i don't know man it's it's exhausting i feel like it's definitely exhausting i don't know I, I'm just like in this weird space where I'm like, and by I ha- the way, like no one needs to have any sympathy for like the Knicks. Obviously, like it's you know, or like this, like today it's the Knicks, or yesterday was the Knicks. Today it's like you know Kyrie and the Celtics. Like Kyrie saying like I don't know if I'm going to resign here, and all the Celtics fans are like flipping out. Yeah. And tomorrow it will be some other team, and like yeah. no one needs to have any certainly any sympathy for like the big market teams. God, like. You can imagine how difficult it probably was for Oklahoma City when, you know, Kevin Durant left their team. Right. Or, or, or like when, <laughs> when AD leaves New Orleans and they're like, right. A, never yeah. going to have a, an all-NBA player again. And totally. B, maybe not nope. have a team ever again. <laughs> yeah, like no one's pining to go to those, you know, cities. So yeah. like uh, clearly no one really needs to feel that bad for like New York or LA or Boston or Chicago. Yeah, yeah. But it just kind of like, it does, it's perplexing. Like I don't know. I don't like it does sort of like make you rethink the whole team building thing. Like I don't I just don't know how to build like a long-term a long-term um sustainable successful team if if like guys are just going to demand a trade the first whim of, you know, like the first time that they're upset, they're just they'll just be like, "Yeah, well, I won't sign an extension here, so you better trade me." Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about. Like like after the Warriors like eventually dissolve, like it makes you like wonder if there's ever going to be an NBA dynasty like ever again. Like, is it just like every season going to be like a complete crapshoot? Like it kind of feels like it, it will be because it's just like talk that out because why? Because like after you've won one title, then it's like, all right, why should I stay here anymore? I've like done it. So I might as well just go somewhere else now. Right. It feels like the warriors were like maybe the last kind of like, uh like iteration of like the the old style of like building a team and like you know s- like drafting well or whatever trading well like i it just i don't know it feels like that was such like well, once in a lifetime like kind of almost like fluke the way that team came together 
Um, and then like once their once their run is over, like who I don't know, like. Well, it's the dating in the dating Tinder analogy model. It's the same thing, right? It's like okay, well we matched, we we went on a date, we hit it off, we had a really great night together. Um, we don't need to do this again. Like we, we accomplished the thing. Like we met up, we went on a date, we had a great time and now I'll just, uh, I'll look for the next person as opposed to like, wait, why didn't, why won't we just continue to date and see that same person? It's like, well, you know, like greener horizons, like, you know, there's like better stuff out there maybe. So I got to go see what else is out there. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm spent. I'm exhausted. It's definitely exhausting. I don't know. I found that like, literally just for like self-preservation i i have to just kind Buy of in. let it go you know just let let it go just be who like hey the, who, who are the free agents that you're most excited about like who like what's, so what's your what's your dream new york knicks roster next we've year? talked about this and um i've made it no secret that like i don't have any real affection for kevin durant i don't think yeah. he's like like whatever yeah. obviously he's a great player uh-huh. um uh-huh. he doesn't excite me at all like i've watched him play basketball for like you know, 10 years. I'm, I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Like I mm-hmm. see it's fun mm-hmm. to watch him like make baskets and stuff, but like, you know, he's, I've, I've seen it. I've been there. I've done that. Like, I don't need him to do that for my team. Uh, but then I like kind of like embracing this like new chaos model. I'm kind of like, yeah, it might be cool if he was on our team with Kyrie Irving. And again, Kyrie Irving, I don't really give a shit about him, but he's good at basketball and maybe mm-hmm. he'd be really good with Kevin Durant. Um, and then like, I don't like. I don't know. Should like, everyone just have one year contracts? Sure. Like, what's I don't the, know. What's the point in giving people, con- I, like I I like because people seem to get like, I don't know. People seem to like always want to go to a new place. So why don't they just agree to like, look, I'm just going to be here for one year. You yeah. know what I mean? Because anything more than that, like I'm due to change my mind. So, like, why don't I just agree that I'll be here for one year and then we'll reevaluate in the off season? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Like, I mean, who, like, Kawhi, I guess, is on the table, but I don't really see him coming. Sure. Uh, Tobias you know. Harris, he could be a Nick. Um, yeah, I mean, Eric uh, Bledsoe, these, these second tier guys, obviously, I don't really, they, they don't uh, accept Kemba me. Walker? Yeah. Kemba Walker? No, nah, not, I mean, no? none of these fucking guys. Like, I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I but, want, a, I want like, young guys. I want, like, a farm team. I want to grow the farm. I know. I know. But barring that, if that's simply, like, not a, not a possibility in this new reality, then, like, it, it would at least be fun to like see what KD and 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 Kyrie like look like together, uh, especially if it pisses off all the Boston fans. Like, why is know. that not a possibility though? Why? I mean, I, I, I wanna... think it's a very strong one actually. Um, I I mean, there's you know, there's there's obviously a party that's like, well, this is the Knicks. Of course, they're gonna fail and fuck it up because they always have um, our entire lives. But also, it's like I don't know. Maybe this is a new you know I don't know. Like, it's totally naive no, 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 to be like I maybe mean, this like... is a new management. Uh, you know, structure, and they maybe know what they're doing, and maybe they have inside intel that that Katie's yeah. coming. And like, right. here's the thing: like, Katie probably wasn't going to come by himself. So, but why can't? Why couldn't we have a team of young, controllable players? Like, I don't know. Let's imagine like uh, the teams that come to mind that have like the best young talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, I think the Lakers roster is really young. If you exclude all the vets that they just signed, imagine that team played in Memphis or a small market or or New Orleans, and it was. Kuzma, Ball, Ingram, uh, they had Julius Randle last year. Like, why couldn't those guys just all play on the same team? Like, why I, I and and be a competitive team and grow together? Or like, why can't Sacramento? Why can't Sacramento keep De'Aaron Fox, 
Buddy Heald, Bagley, uh, like just keep that nucleus together. Or I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a terrifying and exhausting new world that we live in. That's, uh, that's really all there is to say about it. You're embracing the dark arts. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't see that there's any other recourse. There's no other alternative. It's like either I embrace it and I, and I retain my sanity and I just say, yeah, this is good. This is what I wanted all along. Or I'm just a miserable fucking depressed wreck all the time. And I'm not saying like, you know, it's not easy to just like make that decision, um, especially when you have an emotional investment that is, you know, not controlled by by your rational brain. It's not easy. Um, but I don't know. In some ways, I feel lucky that I that I didn't have that emotional investment with um, this. KP's you know. a really good player. Yeah, You're he's right. good. He, he's 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 a really good player he might not ever be an all nba player like he might not ever be as good as durant or Mm -hmm. i don't know he might not be like a top 10 player but he's going to be a really really good player assuming that he's healthy and i know that's that's a maybe i'm not saying that's any sort of guarantee Mm -hmm. he's a really good player and he was ours and we drafted him and we had him under contract and he was mad and so we traded him because he was mad but really the real reason we traded him was because we wanted we wanted Kyrie and Durant. We wanted the cap space. I mean, this is a wild ass league. Like, I just don't think you can succeed without just swinging for the fences. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see it like working anymore. Like, look at Boston. They did everything right. They like drafted so well. They re- acquired all the fucking assets and the picks. And Danny Ainge is a fucking mastermind genius. And like now they're kind of fucked if Kyrie leaves and AD doesn't want to go there. Like, I don't think that this like slow, methodical, like brilliant maneuvering and masterminding, blah 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 like works anymore i just don't think it fits like it's almost like i don't know like in this new era like it's it's all like so crazy that you just have to have the most flexibility and just get lucky and just like go for an absolute grand slam and otherwise you're just going to be like middle of the pack um i don't know are we worried though that this is like something that's only going to be available to like are, are we worried about like creating these these like this like cast system in the league of like, like small market teams basically draft and develop players. And then when they're ready for a max contract, they demand a a trade to a major market. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like the way it is in in like major league baseball where like, yeah, yeah, the Yankees and Red Sox like use other teams as like their farm systems. Yeah. Like they use the, like the Royals or the Brewers as like their farm team. And then when it's time to like, you know, for those guys to get paid, the Yankees or Red Sox or whoever, like, come in and, like, poach yeah. the top-tier talent. And, like, I don't know, like, who's the NBA star that is... Who's the, like, show me the NBA star that's, like, pining to go to New Orleans or yeah. is, like, dying to go to Sacramento or, yeah, or like, Utah. show me the NBA... Yeah. yeah, or Utah or Phoenix. Like, I, I, I'm waiting for when that happens because it always seems like, you know, this is... This is the uh, in the last ten years, it hasn't been the case that people wanted to come to New York, but it always seems like people want to go to Los Angeles. It's the same mm-hmm. few teams: Los Angeles, Miami, you know, Boston. And uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm worried. Like I'm worried about the that is this healthy? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it's healthy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it is either. But you know what? Like it's the world we live in for yeah. sure. Yeah. And you can't yeah. really fight against it. And sometimes like weird shit happens. Like the city of Cleveland 
getting a championship because they happened to draft like the best player of all time who was from there, you know? Like But isn't that yeah, isn't that kind of like I mean that's probably a fluke. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the ultimate exception and wild card that basically a once in a generation, you know, maybe the greatest player of all time, LeBron James, decided yeah. to play for his hometown team because he felt a sense of like obligation. Like, is LeBron yeah. the last player that will that will have chosen to play somewhere out of like a sense of like duty, like civic duty? <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know, maybe not yeah. though. You know, I think these things can can like work in in cycles and waves, and yeah. you know, who knows? Like, it's not like. I don't know, like Golden State and like San Francisco and Oakland isn't like the biggest market. Obviously, it's like a very nice place to live on the West Coast, but it's not like, you know, that's like the number one destination. You know, it never was up until five years ago. It wasn't a, a number one free agent destination. So like, you know, I think things evolve and change. And like, yeah, I think overall, like major markets have an inherent uh, advantage. And that's been the case forever and it will be forever. And uh, so, you know, hey, at least we're Knicks fans and not fucking Utah Jazz fans. Um, oh, man. But, oh, yeah. Man. yeah. I don't know, man. It's just... <laughs> it's, it's, a, a wild, it's a weird time. It's a wild fucking time. <laughs> before I let you go, I'm going to ask Anthony Davis, do we imagine that he has moved before or uh, after the deadline? Do, do the Pelicans wait till July to trade him? Or does I think he get they, moved sometime this week? I think they're going to have to wait. Um and, uh, you know, and I think the Knicks uh, might take a crack at him. And, uh, frankly, I wouldn't be so mad about that. <laughs> oh my God. I wouldn't, oh my uh, God. you know, I wouldn't be against a little Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving team up in New York. You, you are know? all in. You yeah. are full. You Why the fuck not? The if we're going to do a little bit, let's do a darkness. lot. Let's do a lot. And what happens in a year and a half or two years when Anthony Davis has decided he doesn't like it here anymore? Then what? Then we're back where we started. Yeah. Just trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right, PC. <laughs> thank you very much for hopping on the uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis. All right. Uh, Honestly, Chris, pod. take care of yourself. Like, thank don't you, forget man. about that. Take a sh- take a shower, shave. Um, have a have a nice like uh, hearty bowl of soup. Um, sure. You yeah. know, like uh, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be Thanks. okay. Everything is fine. It's all going to work out. And, uh, you know, tomorrow's another day. Thank you. All right. We will talk to you next week. Uh, we will be coming at you guys with a with a draft of a, a subject that you will find out about on Monday. And uh, PC, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. All right. You too, man. Right, be good. Later, Take bye. care. All right. That was a conversation with Ben Craw. Chris Stapps, we love you and we'll miss you. We, uh, You're the best, man. You, you fucking lit it up at the garden. We won't ever forget that. Uh, Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And we will talk to you guys on Monday. This is On The Line.